Today on the program, hey everyone, come see how good I look. It's Anchorman. I'm not hearing it right. Hold on. We got it now. It's all right. Little ham and eggs coming at you. Hold on. Little ham and eggs coming at you. Hello, and welcome to the Rewatch Party. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, are the glass case to my emotion, Los and Brandon. How are you guys doing? He took his foot! And he kicked. Back there, back. I just want to say something. I just want to say something. We of course are talking about Anchorman: colon, it's The not Legend Anchor of Ron Lady. Burgundy. The what? It's not Anchor Lady. It's yeah. Uh, this is from 2004, directed by Adam McKay, uh, written by Adam and Will Ferrell. McKay, of course, also known for most recently Vice uh, and The Big Short which is the movie about the bank fraud or the bank, uh, whatever. Bank, bank robbery? Bank heist? No, no, like how they were fucking people over on on loans and mortgages and the whole thing happened in like the early 2000s. Right. Anyway, yeah, it's a real... The mortgage It's, it's in the rewatch because Laura thought it was great, so you guys are going to have to suffer through it, but he did that. Uh, but mostly he's known for stuff like Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, the, the, the big Will Ferrell vehicles. Yeah, man. That whole like early two thousands comedy thing really took it over. Stole it from Judd Apatow and fucking ran from it. I feel he he took over, right? Would you say? Or I don't know if they're friends or not, but yeah, they 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 even the characters are all in the same movies. A lot know? of the same actors, and I feel like Judd Apatow kind of brought us like forty year old virgin and stuff. But then Adam McKay and Will Ferrell just the improvising. Uh, the the Robin Williams school of filmmaking, as I call it, just just fucking wing it for a half an hour, and we'll see what we can salvage out of it. But like, I feel he like he took over, kind of overshadowed dead stuff. Yeah, maybe. well, it's like uh, like Adam Sandler. A lot of times, his movies have the same you know Probably. same actors. So well, when ninety percent of your improvisation is him just going <laughs> in a fucking basketball jersey. I mean, that hey, it worked. Like, happened like it, one it movie worked for two movies. It worked in Happy Gilmore. Oh, he did step it up and go to a hockey jersey for that one as opposed to yeah. a basketball jersey like Billy Madison. But uh, So anyway, uh, obviously we've got Will Ferrell as the titular Ron Burgundy, right? Uh, I don't think we need to go through his filmography. I'm pretty sure everybody's Well, aware. I know that this was his like third f- actual film that he was starring in. But uh, would, it be, w- would it have been his first like lead? Yeah, I think, well, okay. no, he did Night of the Roxbury before this one. Night at the Roxbury was before this, and I yeah. Would he lead in that? Him or Chris Kattan, who would? He was the bigger name, and obviously went on to continue to become the bigger name. But they were as characters. I feel Kattan almost had the bigger part in that, right? Uh, I guess he would have been more of the the lead in that one. But they were both the lead. I, I right. I mean, they they bopped their heads the same. You're right. That was in '98. Uh, he was in Superstar, but that was a Molly Shannon thing. Superstar. Uh. He had his bit parts in the Austin Powers movie. He was that Mustafa. Mustafa. Or whatever, he yeah. asked him three the question three times. He has to answer it. But that was a different question. Yeah, and a different <laughs> question of a listen line or of questioning. He gets thrown down into the fire pit and has the long drawn oh, out. Oh, I'm not dead. I'm just very badly burnt. And I think <laughs> I'm going to try to get up on my knee here. Oh, 
it smells uh, of almonds. Yeah, it was in like Zoolander. Zoolander, that's right. Uh, yeah, so it looks here. Old school still wasn't a lead. Elf. Elf was before this. Yes, that's right. Elf was So Elf lead. would have been his first leading role. Santa! Which, sorry to say it, and I know this is going to get us some hate mail, but I don't, I don't like Elf. I, wa- I was just I watching know. it last <gasps> night. And really? I, I didn't even get around to watching it all because I, I was like, oh, shit, I got to watch this movie before uh, yeah, like, Sunday. I mean, I guess it's whatever, but I just, I, yeah, I don't get it. it well, it's sort of an original uh, yeah, idea. Yeah, I get that. It's not a rehash like we're all we're seeing today. It was, I guess maybe it took me a long time before I saw it. So maybe if I would have saw it in 2003 when it first came out. I could have like got behind the whole elf nostalgia thing that happens now, but it's just yeah, that's, I never got it either. That that's Will Ferrell acting like a little kid. That's right. Cool. Yeah. All right, moving on. Like, moving on. There are better Christmas movies like Die Hard and Lethal Weapon One. Fuck so, yes. uh, fuck off. <laughs> Lethal Weapon One also needs to be added to that argument. <laughs> All right. Uh, so after Will Ferrell, we have Christina Applegate, who uh, stars in this movie as the smelly pirate hooker. Veronica Corningstone. That's right. Uh, I Kelly Bundy. I know her as I say it from <laughs> Married with Children and just ninety percent of my dreams growing mm-hmm. up as a as a young. She was lad. the daughter in. Uh, she was uh, the daughter in Married with Children. Married with yeah. Children. Wow, uh, and I never knew that. Oh yeah, dude. Probably the only one. No, uh, they they all. Nobody got Nobody watched that show for Dave Faustino. Bud Bundy. He's the only one that didn't go on to doing His a career bunch of stuff. Shut out. No, because I think. I want to say, and uh, loyal listeners, please find it and send it to us, but I think he tried to have a fucking hip-hop career. Uh, I don't know. Grandmaster B? I don't know if that would have played no, well. Like, I know that was a thing in the show, but I think like legit he tried to do something after the show ended. Oh, yeah, you can't. It, it's like the the, uh, the Al Bundy syndrome uh, when you are seen so much as your character you know, outside of the sure. that world. But Ed that, O'Neill went on to do other things. Like, he's the, the grandfather in Modern Family. Yeah, like 20 years after the show. True. He also is in a movie called The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, which obviously isn't in the rewatch because we're past that, but it is still on my wish list. If anybody knows how the fuck to get a copy, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Andrew Dice Clay is a rock and roll detective. Just goes around solving murders related to musical things. Okay. And Ed O'Neill is the police chief who used to be a musician and had a big hit in the disco era with called called Boogie Time. Okay. So he's just always random. Anyway, he just, was also in Wayne's World as he was in Wayne's World. Yeah. Uh, what the the bar barista chef guy back uh, the donut shop guy, donut right? shop guy who always had, he had like a really dark past. He's like, why is it called murder when you kill somebody in the heat of passion, but not when you do it in war? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he has struggling with PTSD or something. Yeah, uh, it seems a lot of his roles though were cop related. Like he was always the surly police chief who didn't want to be there. I don't know. He was the uh, the bad guy in Little Giants. I didn't see Little the Giants. The Rick Moranis movie. Oh, Rick Moranis. Where they were like both coaches. It's sort of oh, the right. Mighty Ducks yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Like little but kid football, right? Yeah, yeah. It's basically the Mighty Ducks with football. Got it. Got it. Well, Ed O'Neill's a convincing, hard-ass type of guy. Yep. But not, like, tough, hard-ass. Like, put upon, I'm disappointed that my life turned into shit, and so I hate the world type of hard-ass. Because his, I guess that probably carries over from being Al Bundy. 
And a lot Maybe. of people, if you look at Modern Family too, it's the same amount of people in the family. You know, of course, it like spreads out with the other families. Well, multiple that they generations, make. sure. Um, but yeah, it's like you've got, but you've got uh, Al Bundy and his his wife, which is the hot. Latino way chick. too hot for him to ever get believably. <laughs> then you have the two kids, you know, the you got and, Bud, girl. and that's it. And then it's like it exists around their family, and yeah, I guess. But matter of fact, Faustino was trying to get a reboot going. Of married, married with children? children, yeah. Reboot or like continuation where it's like him as the dad and his. Yeah, kids. it would be that. So you can't, like you can't reboot show it. Yeah, something? it would be about Bud Bundy as an adult. Who the fuck would want to want Bud Bundy spent all of his time trying to think of weird ways to pick up ladies while hiding in the basement? Like he's a. If anything, the Bud Bundy growing up story turns into him being the Unabomber. Yeah, but he was also like. <laughs> He, he was sm- he was a smart guy though. Like he remember, was he was smart, but he, he always just, had the brains. He got but everything brain. always went wrong. Like he had he, the worst luck. He had Bundy it was luck. Like Pinky in the brain. He would be like the brain, but everything gets foiled by either luck or but the fact that neg- his sister it was wouldn't, Pinky. It just it just won't work in this day and it would work for me. I mean, it's something Netflix yeah. should pick up or something, but it's not going to go on Fox like it used to back in the day. You know, prime time yeah. airs right before the new Simpsons. Simpsons, yeah. So anyway, Christina Applegate got me through puberty. That's what we're talking <laughs> right. about. She's uh, amazing. Just, she's still just such a she's beautiful show. woman. Like, she's not not up there with Aniston, you know, our, our show favorite, but she, a- Applegate's rocking. We'll give her that. Uh, so this also welcomes back Steve Carell and Paul Rudd. Love we get them back, back from uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin, so we got... Uh, Carell is Brick Tamland and uh, Paul Rudd is the great Brian Fantana. Um, then we also get introduced to David. I don't know if it's Kochner. Kochner? K O E C H N E R. Kochner? Kochner? Oh, uh, he's you're champ. Talking, I never know his fucking name. Whammy. Does anyone know the weird fucking no one knows crooked, that guy's name. like the, a bit of the sto- a little bit of the Stallone mouth going on with the droopy? But I mean, he's like this same character in a million different things. He was like the office. In the office, yeah, yeah, pretty much the same guy. And like, I, he's back in the rewatch party a few times. Most notably in this movie called Out Cold, mm-hmm. which is billed as like Animal House, but on ice or at a ski resort. And it's just fucking drunk debauchery and stupidity. But wait, what's it called again? Out Cold. I think I've seen that one. It's actually. amazing, and he's just like the crazy old. Semi-homeless local. They have uh, the race down the mountain to yep. see who can have the... Keep yeah. the beer in the yep. glass. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's it's amazing in that. He, like, runs a lesbian chat room. <laughs> and so he sits in there pretending to be a lesbian, talking to other lesbians, and not realizing that there are also other men sitting on the <laughs> other side of the computer. Uh, anyway, so this guy's just fucking hilarious all the time. I love him. I, I, I don't... As far as I know, he's never had, like, a leading... He hey. seems like a career supporting actor. Absolutely. He's always like third <laughs> or fourth build, just <laughs> random dude that says says completely left field shit all the time. Um also we have the great late great Fred Willard. He died this past year. Uh he's Ed Harkin, their their boss, mm-hmm. but Fred Willard was a comedic legend. That yeah. man was always always fun. he's almost like the straight man, you know, cuz you always have the goofball and the straight man, you know. But he was, he wasn't. I mean, he was absolutely off the wall, but always did it. Like, that was his comic styling was, like, almost straight delivery, level-headed. So you don't realize he's being a goofball, whereas Will Ferrell <laughs> needs to be over the top, but he's just as fucking real. Like, he's in all the, like, Spinal Tap and The Mighty Wind and The Best in Show, that that whole 
slew of mockumentary comedy movies. Right. But yeah, it's Fred Willard. And we also get Seth Rogen back. <laughs> He's in for like a couple <laughs> Two, seconds. Yeah, he has like a total of five minutes of screen time. Who was he? He was uh, the cameraman. When Christina Applegate was going oh, out on her yeah. her bits, like the I cat saw the curly show. hair and the little fro, I was like, "Is that, is that oh, Seth Rogen?" Oh, I was like, "No, oh, there he is. Yeah, you do it much better." Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't think he chuckles once in this whole movie. He does a little bit. He's like behind the camera. He's like, "Oh, oh this it's is a cat awesome. show or something." Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, there's there's our cast. A lot of the normal players for uh, Adam McKay type movies, right? So. The opening of this is the we get a little scroll, or not a scroll, but text. The following is based on actual events. Only the names, locations, and events have been changed, yeah. which <laughs> pretty much sets up how absurd this movie is going to be. So we have that great opening monologue of the time before cable when men read the news. And the manliest of all of these men was Ron Burgundy. Only he had the balls to fucking whatever. I didn't write the whole thing out, but... Basically, Ron Burgundy was the balls. Was the balls. That's it. Ron Burgundy was the balls. Because everybody stopped at fucking six o'clock. They had to watch yeah. the news. Ron Burgundy. Yeah, the baby's <laughs> the baby. first words. Ron Burgundy. Um, hey, shut the hell up. Ron Burgundy's <laughs> yeah. out of the bar. <laughs> uh, so we see him prepping for air, and he's drinking scotch, which we are as well today. Yeah, we have some gross. scotch. Oh, I love scotch. Scotchy, scotchy, scotch. We're on. Run. Here it goes out. Run. Oh, right. I like when he looks around and goes, what's your name? No, not you. Or you. What's that, lanolin? Like a sheep's wool? Lanolin? <laughs> I mean, it's just... Audrey! There's something that's like, <laughs> that's Bush. That's Bush League right there. It's Bush. I say that at work all the time and nobody fucking gets it. They're just like, I don't know what that means. It's like Little League. Yeah, yeah. Bush League is like... Triple A or something, right? Minor league. Minor is essentially. So I just, I just love that, and nobody ever gets it. So yeah, it's like they're starting the countdown, and he fucking finishes off his glass of scotch and just barely gets it down below the desk before they go live, which is, which is great, because it's the what the seventies, right? Uh, yeah, like late 60s, 70s, something mm-hmm. like that, somewhere in there. Uh, so we go around the the after party. I mean, he finishes the news. You stay classy, Sandy. Yeah, he comes in. He's like, we're number one. We're number one. Yay. And they all go to the party. And uh, Super duper. And uh, so you get to meet the whole... It, it uses the party as a way to introduce the rest of the gang. Yeah. Right? So we meet... Uh, oh, wait. No. That, that we, you introduce them, I guess, during the, during the fucking uh, news broadcast. The champ and brick and blah, 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 blah. All that. So anyway, we're at the party. And I have... I wrote out... Because the first one we meet is Brian, Paul Rudd. And he's sitting on the couch next to a lady. He's like, I know what you're asking yourself. And yes, <laughs> I have a name for my penis. It's called the Octagon. But I also nicknamed my testes. My left one is James Westfall. My right one is Dr. Kenneth Noisewater. You ladies play your cards right. Just might get to meet the whole gang. Now, I took it upon myself to look these names up. Good. Most good. And uh, they're real people. Of course. They're real people. James Westfall is uh, like a free-form jazz musician. <laughs> no bullshit. Uh, so they put an album out together. I couldn't find a goddamn thing about Dr. Kenneth Noisewater, but Westfall's a jazz vibraphonist and keyboardist from Houston. So just right next door here. Um, Noisewater, yeah, didn't find much on, but the two of them put out an album together called The Hundred Year Hex with Childlike Eyes. Is the name of their album. Noisewater was on the album? Yeah, Dr. Kenneth Noisewater is on the album with James 
It's it's like a duo. It's not Westfall with Noisewater. It's the two of them together. And I didn't listen to it because the one and only review of this album, I took a screenshot, is as follows. 13 tracks of very short, bland, unintelligible screaming. I kind of like Screamo, but this... No. Just no. Sounds like they did this in a kid's recording toy, which would explain 22-second songs of warble-flarble yelling. <laughs> well, someone who likes Screamo, I can't take your word on music <laughs> seriously at all. But warble-flarble yelling. 22-second songs, so it's almost like a, a noise collage album, it sounds like. <laughs> but anyway, that they're, they're real people that he named his balls after. So, and he does say, educational. like, the, the octagon, too. Yeah, his dick like is the octagon. Or something. I don't know what the octagon referring to. In the 70s, there wasn't, I don't think there was any octagon. Not like MMA, but right. the octagon would have been... I don't know what it would have meant in the 70s. Yeah. Somebody somebody write us. Real Watch Party at Gmail. Let us know. I have no idea, but so anyway, there's our uh, educational tab for the day. Yep. Um, so yeah, Ron was talking to him out by the pool. She's like, "I've got a new story for you." Uh oh, you pointed to your boobies. Uh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, we meet Brick, who's putting mayonnaise in a toaster. Yeah, at the party, right, wasn't it mayonnaise? Yep, he's just putting straight and in the toaster. Later, they Later. <laughs> find out I have an IQ of 40-something, and I am what most people would call mentally retarded. <laughs> yeah. And then Champ is at a table, and he says, I'm known for my catchphrase, whammy! Like, and it gets a little, yeah. It comes up to the plate, graphic. and it comes flying out of me. Whammy! <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, he's getting hit on him. One lady basically walks up and is like, I will go fuck you right now. I don't remember what exactly she says, but... I'm not just, wearing any panties. I've got a new story for you. you I'm not Bernie. wearing any panties. <laughs> and he's just... We've been coming to the same party for 10 years, and in no way is that depressing. <laughs> um, and they're just having a great time. And then he sees across the party this this lady in a white jumpsuit with long hair... We know it's Applegate. I guess we kind of get like a side profile of her, but you're not really supposed to know who it is yet. Yeah, you don't know. And uh, he like runs around the party looking for her, finally catches up to her. He's like, you have an absolutely breathtaking hiney. I want to be friends with it. Which... I mean, that thing is good. That thing is good. <laughs> uh, people know me. I'm kind of a big deal. I, I, I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like that very happy for you. <laughs> so it doesn't go over very well. And then was I'm gonna one more time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this at you. If you don't like it, you send it right on back. <laughs> I wanna be on you. Wait, that didn't come out right. I I wanna be on you. <laughs> and she just walks away. So he goes back home to Baxter, who's barking, and he's like, you know I don't speak Spanish. Blah blah blah. And he's like, You are a short little Buddha. You know how to cut me to the core. <laughs> What, what's that? You got into the fridge, or you pooped in the fridge, and you ate an entire wheel of cheese? I'm not even mad. It's I, amazing. I, I like doing that with my cat, because he <laughs> meows up at me a lot, and you're like, come again? Meow. <laughs> you know I don't speak Spanish and English, please. Yeah. Oh, you want some food? Oh, uh, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's a good bit. Yeah. It's a good bit. Classic from 2003. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so, yeah, then they, get, they put on matching pajamas and... Uh, retainers and go <laughs> yeah. to bed 
So they're very hungover at work the next day. <laughs> we get Champ saying, I woke up this morning and I shit a squirrel. Whole thing, still alive. Don't know what to name it. <laughs> Kept it in my office. He's <laughs> like, I think I ate your chocolate squirrel. Like, Ugh. <laughs> so that means Brick ate his alive, alive shit-covered live animal? Apparently. I mean, we do find out later in life he's what they call mentally retarded. Yeah, but still... This was not based on a true story. Uh, well, just the events have been changed. Yeah. Not true. <laughs> so, so why do they first bring up Ling Wong the panda? Uh, that's like the big story of the year. We kind of dropped that because obviously that's going to come to something later. And he says the network's worried about the lack of diversity. Which yeah, diversity. Yeah. What, what in the hell is diversity? <laughs> I'm guessing you got a clip for that. Yes, I do. What in the hell's diversity? Well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. That's right. Uh, Ron, I'd be surprised if the network was worried about the lack of an old wooden ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we got a new addition to the team. It's Veronica Corningstone, and, the, and, you know, she comes in, and Ron recognizes the lady that he bombed with last night. So then they go into his office, and we have all the yelling, like, it is anchor man, not anchor lady. And that is a scientific fact. And Brick just keeps yelling, loud <laughs> noises. I don't know what we're yelling about. Yes, that one. Uh, I've heard that bears can smell the menstruation. It's like, oh, great. Did you hear that? Bears. bears. Now you've put the whole station at risk. <laughs> it's... Uh, and then was it? I, she has a great little behind. I'd like to slap some barbecue sauce on that. And he starts like <laughs> howling and shit. And so, of course, she comes in during that. Um, moving on, we come across. This is where we meet Vince Vaughn. They have a nice oh, little confrontation yep. and shit talking where we find out his. I really like his character. His channel, his... channel nine news team is number two, numero dos. Or number dose, number dose. But yeah, he's a uh, West Mantooth. And hey, nice clothes, gentlemen. I didn't know the Salvation Army was having a sale. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get your pants at the toilet store? <laughs> Even the guy who can't think. Yeah, says, I, can't I love that line. You guys, I love it. But then we get the one we were talking about earlier. I will slam your face into a car windshield. And then take your mother Dorothy Mantooth out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. <laughs> Fellas, let's leave the mothers out of this. Yes, let's see. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's where we get we get introduced to him. Uh, so also another running gag throughout this movie is Ed Harkin, the great Fred Willard. Every time we cut to him, he's in the middle of a phone call regarding his son at school. Oh, yes. <laughs> so we're at the first of many of those... I don't know where he found German pornography. <laughs> I mean, we've all seen our share of porn, yeah. right? Oh, oh, you, oh you, no, you, you haven't? haven't. You're right. I'm sorry, sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, they hold that out for a little bit, they too. Do. You don't hear that. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you know, we've all had our fair share. We're all human. We're all oh, hum oh, you haven't. Well, you know, I'm speaking in generalities. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. He does play into it a bit before he finally calls, find out that he's talking to a nun. <laughs> but, that's, again, like the fucking great thing about Fred Willard. He's great. Uh, so Veronica comes in pissed off because he gave her a thing about a cat fashion show. Yeah. And you'll do the you'll do the reports you've been giving. She's like, this is grade A baloney. And uh, it storms out. And the guys are like, we're going to they make a bet who can pick her up first, right? 
Yep. So I'll make their moves. Champ comes by, tries to reach someone on her desk. Oh, oh whammy! <laughs> and grazes her boob, where she reaches for something in the lower drawer and punches him in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> which is fair. Fair. Uh, so then we get Brian opening the Vault of Cologne. Time to musk up. There we go. What are you going to go with? And I don't remember. I didn't write down all the ones Ron named. He's like, nope. <laughs> A lady like this needs the needs the good stuff. He gets Sex Panther. <laughs> Made from real Panther. <laughs> 60... Colonel, hold on. Blackbeard's Delight. There we go. <laughs> no, no, no. Black... <laughs> 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it's quite pungent. Yeah, so it singes it. That smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then he goes out to try to talk to her, but the smell is so bad. We get all the great lines. And I really tried to turn one of these lines into your guys' introduction for this. Like, you were going to be the Indian food to my diaper <laughs> or something. But yeah, we got Bigfoot's dick. Uh, we've got a turd covered in burnt hair. All sorts of... And yeah, obviously none of those could work out. So I, I tried. The Bigfoot's dick to my Bigfoot. The, the dick the to dick my Bigfoot. <laughs> Brian Fantana. Uh, so anyway, yeah, they're like hosing him down, and the two janitors hose him. This is the time. <laughs> this is worse than the time the skunk got caught in the copier or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Brick invites her to the pants party. That's great. The pants. <laughs> the pants par- party with with the pants. Brick, are you trying to invite me to the party? In that's your in p- your pants. Precisely. Yes. <laughs> Did Brian put you up to this? <laughs> yes. No. No, yes. Brick. I would. I would not like to go. Oh, okay. And turns to the guy next to her, like Glenn. Would you like to go to the pants party? <laughs> yeah. No. All right then. Okay. And he just walks off. <laughs> so then we get Ron's move. Oh. She comes into his <laughs> office. One thousand one. One thousand two. One thousand three. I have very little time to get to the gym, so I have to sculpt my guns at the office. I I don't know if you heard me. I did over a thousand. Uh, You have the latimus dorsimus connected to the... It's very very technical. (laughs) She's like, this is the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. And and he's like, no, I'm just... I want to just invite you as one professional or the other. You know, take you out, show you the town, so you can learn the city you've got to be covering. Which is a pretty good move. Yeah. And she's like, you're right. As If I want to be taken seriously, I need to know the city I'm covering. But this is not a date. This is prof- Absolutely not. Absolutely. Um, and so she starts motioning. He's like, what, pick you up at eight? She motions down. Uh, seven. Motions again. Downstairs? Mr. Burgundy, you have a massive erection. Oh. <laughs> get the whole walking off a situation here. Don't act like you're not impressed. (laughs) (laughs) I like why he just decides to just walk in circles around the bullpen part of the office (laughs) instead of like going and hiding in his own or doing or snorkeling. Like we talked about in 40 year old virgin, you can snorkel, go with six to 12, like Los calls it. That's right. So many (laughs) options to deal with this. And he just decides to parade it around in front of it. It's a pleat. Pleat of the, it's a pleat of the pants. (laughs) It's an optical illusion. (laughs) Flattering in the crutchal region. Uh, so yeah, we got a little clip of Brian trying to do a report from the Panda Pen, but it doesn't come out, and he yells at it, he's all mad, and so Burgundy signing off and goes, I'm Ron Burgundy? It's where we find out, maybe this will be important later, that he will just read whatever as is from the teleprompter. Yep. Uh, so he goes and picks her up for their non-date. They go, of course, to the, to the lookout point. Lookout point. Where we find out that it was... 
what San Francisco or San Diego was discovered in the 1800s by the Germans. Yeah. Mm. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. Mm. Mm. Of course, uh, they named it San Diego, which of course means a whale's vagina. No, there's no way that's true. <laughs> ah, well, nobody knows what it means. I think it means St. Diego. Scholars maintain the translation has been hot, lost hundreds of years ago. <laughs> and he says 1904 when it was discovered. 1904, that's right, yeah. So agree to disagree, yeah. Uh, so they, yeah, they go to the date, or they go to Tino's for drinks, and this is the jazz flute scene. That's right. Fred Armisen is the uh, club Fred, owner. Right, Fred Armisen <laughs> is the owner. Some yas flute. He's my best friend, no? He's my best. <laughs> you want to play some yas flute yas for flute. us? Who wants to see Ron Burgundy? Oh, play no, some I couldn't. Flute? I couldn't. I'm, I'm not, not prepared. <laughs> and pulls this long flute out of his sleeve. <laughs> um, so here is his flute solo, which was our, our intro to the episode. Uh, this was actually played by this artist named Catisse. Definitely want to shout out the guy Catisse uh, for doing the track for this movie. So everybody, everybody check him out. But yeah, oh, oh <laughs> little ham and eggs coming at you. He's running along, like he's walking along the tables. It seems like he's intentionally stepping on every single glass. Yeah, uh, fucking slides under the stall door to a guy taking a shit. Uh, sucks someone drink up into the flute, and yeah. then blows it back out, <laughs> blows fire with it. Uh, definitely quotes Aqualung. Yeah, yeah, he does Aqualung. at the end. I forgot about that. <laughs> And so all of a sudden, Veronica goes from "I'm just out on a professional thing," and then yeah, now, now she's got the the she's got the hots for him. Yeah, she's she's splooshing. Ladies love the Yaz flute. Ladies love Yaz flute. Uh, so then we get the sex scene because he decides, "What if tonight we're not coworkers? We're co-humans. People, co-humans. You're just a woman, and I'm just a man." And so then, Ron Burgundy. You keep surprised. I'm amazed how much you surprise me. And uh, so then they go to they go to Pleasure Town, which <laughs> this fucking sequence of them riding unicorns on a rainbow. Uh, it's what is it? Look, it's the most glorious rainbow ever. Do me on it. <laughs> and it has that Tom Jones song. Love is like candy on a shelf. <laughs> Um, which, just in case everybody needs to know, that's exactly what sex with me is like every single time. Tom Jones playing in the background? Tom Jones, we're riding unicorns on rainbows. Good. Nice. Every time. That's how you feel. Pleasure that's Town. That's good. That's right. Pleasure Town. Uh, so, yeah, afterwards, they, they say the word tip of the cap. Just to, you know, since that's the thing in our show. Right, they did say Like, you were really amazing. It's like, tip of the cap to you as well. So, uh... We get we get our show in there, which of course was a you know a little nod to all the movies we've done on the rewatch. That's right. Mm-hmm. They they were aware and wrote that in. That's right, for sure. The doff of the cap, <laughs> uh, and then the um. So was <laughs> it? We got to keep this quiet, obviously, because I want to be taken seriously. <laughs> I don't want to be known as Burgundy's girlfriend or whatever. So then, immediately next scene, he's in his office. And now we're in love. And so immediately ruins that whole thing. So what's your love like? Oh, well, Brian, Brian's <laughs> like, I think I was in love once. We made out in a Walmart. We made out in a wall, like in a bathroom, something, and then I never saw her again. 
That's not love. Oh, well, no, they uh, they closed the door and they were like, "What was that like?" And he was like, "What the making love?" Or he's like, "No, the the other thing, the being in love." Yeah. Uh, gonna find my baby. There we gonna go. hold her tight. Gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been: when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? When everything's a little clearer in the light of day. Yeah, like, and then they finish the scene, and randomly at the very end of the scene, afternoon delight. Uh, just fucking great, and also pretty well done. There are only a few times they they slipped out of the harmonies a bit, <laughs> but for not being a acapella group, well done. Also, Afternoon Delight always makes me think of Arrested Development. It was like a running gag in that show. There was a running gag uh, where they kept singing it at karaoke, not realizing what it was. Yeah, it was or what a- it was about. <laughs> like that, like Michael Bluth and his niece started singing it, and then halfway through, like, oh, he's wait. like, wait a minute, what the fuck am I singing here? <laughs> this is awkward. Um... So we get her bit from the cat, uh, the cat fashion. Oh, yeah, we do get a Seth Rogen laugh at the oh, fashion show. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so then he's signing off the news, and he says, "We're dating," and she's she's quite a handful in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, uh, I'm gonna be in trouble for that one. So of course she's very pissed, and he's like, "I want to yell it from a mountain, but I don't have a mountain. I have a camera and a newsroom." And the top story to me is. I love Veronica Corningstone. <laughs> and uh, well, we also, like, he's starting to miss out on things with the guys that are going to do their, like, monthly pancake breakfast. But he's, <laughs> I can't go. Uh, Veronica and I are going to go jogging. Or maybe it's jogging with it's a, a soft, soft jam. Apparently, apparently you just run. <laughs> Sounds wild. And Jam's like, I miss you, Ron. I miss your touch. <laughs> I miss your musk. <laughs> <laughs> After all this is over, you and I should definitely get an apartment together. I think you should just stop talking now. Um, so then he has the fucking fantasy scene of what he thinks life is going to be like. Yes. She, he's, where he comes home and they have two kids and he, they're not allowed to speak. He's got all these Emmys on and his yeah, I, I spent the day polishing your Emmys and then I made dinner in the nude. And he's like, I'm going to... Make love to you and then go drinking with the boys for two days. For two days, and like starts <laughs> kissing her on the neck, and she goes, "I love my life." Uh, you know, so that's what married life is like. That's yeah, it's pretty lot. accurate. Yeah, pretty pretty much exactly like that. And now we got the second call about Ed's kid. He's on something <laughs> called. He was on something called acid, firing a bow and arrow into a crowd. <laughs> This kid fucking rules, man. This is a crazy <laughs> little fucker. No idea what grade, how old, anything. No. Just uh, so uh, Ron's cruising along, driving over this bridge. You're like this burrito is delicious, but it is too much. So he th- just throws a burrito <laughs> out the window and hits Jack Black in the face of all people, knocking him off the motorcycle. I do have a question about this scene, though. Once yes. he crashes, how does he end up in front of Ron? Because Ron gets out of his car and comes forward to the crash right, scene. Right, right. I don't look, man. It's uh, if you're plot hole. 
You're trying to find <laughs> technical accuracy in a movie like Anchorman. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Just something I caught. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably a lot more of it. Like yeah. when when he goes and punts Baxter off the bridge, it's very obviously a dog doll. Yeah, like that. That's what makes it kind they of funny too. They didn't even punch yeah. a real dog off of a bridge. I mean, Nothing. what kind of people <laughs> would we be if we didn't? You know, what kind I mean, of humans? What, I need you. You need to give me some realism. Like, what's McKay. my motivation here? <laughs> <laughs> well, the dog actor is probably like pointed at his contract. No. There's a no kicking clause. Very clearly says I will not be kicked off of a bridge. Well shit, we've already filmed half the movie. I got fuck. Somebody go to Walmart and buy a stuffed animal. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it's just weird, like Jack Black for no reason. Uh and I guess he was kind of I mean he was doing stuff in two thousand three. Yeah, he, he was picking career. up any uh, it, I think he the connection is with Tim Robbins, because Tim Robbins Plays a quick little thing. He does have a thing in this. How is Jack Black and Tim Robbins? Uh, They were in like improv classes together. So if you like notice that he Tim Robbins also in Pick a Destiny, like Ah. they have a connection that. uh, See, I knew may explain why he got this little gig. I knew of the the D, because they had the HBO show, and obviously I didn't have HBO growing up, but. I had, like scotch. I had friends who would tape it, you know, so I got to see like some of the old show. That's like they had Tool on there. Like members from Tool would be guests on their show and do mm. skits. Uh, and also they got started with Mr. Show with uh, Odin Kirk and Odin Kirk and David Cross. Thank you, David Cross, to bring back Arrested Development. But so I knew him from that. And obviously he was in little things like he was in the cable guy. He was in the Jackal with Bruce Willis. He got his arm blown off famously. Mm. Uh, he was in independence day a little bit. He also has a small part as one of the sewer people in demolition man. Like Jack black had been in little things. Uh, it just was weird. Waterworld. He was in Waterworld. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember that. What do you do in Waterworld? He's one of the smokers, obviously, obviously. I don't know if you know. But he, he's the one who actually he flew the plane, the one that gets shot with the harpoon. Man, I haven't seen that movie in so long. All I know is Kevin Costner drinks his own piss, and then when they finally find actual land, they have no problem running up a mountainside, and it pissed me off. Well, it's not a mountainside. It's like flatland and everything. Well, it's not. They're running up at least a, at the very least a steep hill. But no. if you spend your entire life on a boat, if you spend an afternoon on the boat, you have sea legs when you get back to land. If your entire life has been on a boat, you're not fucking sprinting up and chasing people <laughs> up a hill. But it's natural for them, so it's... it's the a, man is half fish! How is running up a hill natural for him? <laughs> he bails out. He doesn't even stay. He's sustained on a diet of his own piss. What you don't understand is that he does explain that at the very, very, very end, which does he? you missed, because you shut off the... You didn't even finish <laughs> all the way. Anger, you yeah. shut it off. You're like, this is not real. I'm off. But he goes... I don't. I can't live on this. It, it's too still. I got to bail, and he bails out. Yeah, but how is he able to run though? Well, he actually can run quicker because he's got a more of surface area. Because he's got webbed toes, they call him. That's very scientific. Me- yeah, well, you know, I, I, I didn't bring- realize there was so much science behind Waterworld. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, they had science, like you know how uh, that uh, that. Matthew McConaughey, uh, McConaughey, <laughs> the McConaughey uh, flick that came out with the uh, was it called uh, Gravity or no, no. Interstellar. Interstellar? Interstellar. How they had to get a bunch of scientists to yeah, talk yeah. about the way relativity they this, works. They, they had to do the same, same thing. Same thing 
Kevin Waterworld, huh? Probably the same people, yeah. They got physicists. You know, I think uh, Neil, deGrasse, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was on there, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would not help with their legitimacy, I wouldn't think. Oh, well, you know, that's why it won Emmys. I'm, I'm sure he probably just went up to everybody and was like, well, actually. Well, Sip actually. a coffee. Actually, that's not how this would work at all. And then he walks off like, thanks, I didn't help anything at all, fucking Neil. <laughs> he is like the... The well, actually, of people, and then and he goes guy, over really, to the catering he does table. Now, right, is like, well, in this movie, actually, it would have happened like this, or what, he just well, actually, is fucking everything. anyway. Fuck Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, so Jack Black, that's what we were talking about. He doesn't make it back to do the news, obviously, because Baxter got kicked off the bridge and he freaks out. This is the iconic so, phone booth scene. The phone booth scene. And Veronica's Ron, like, ah, where are you? I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> ah. I didn't understand that. What? 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 Are you? Anyway, it goes on like that, and she's like, I'm going to do the news, and they don't want to let her do the news. And she has like, what is it? I'm good at three things, fighting, fucking, and doing the news. I've already done one of those today. (laughs) What's the other going to be? Screwing? Well, screwing, Screwing, yes. Screwing. yeah, <laughs> she slaps Ed and then just Pushes, that awkward face push right, uh, to Chris. Chris, ah, damn it, not Chris Kattan. He he voices Cyril Figgis in Archer. I can't think of his fucking name. Chris Cornell. No, no. Jeez, no. <laughs> uh, uh, do I know you're talking about? I got, I, Parnell. I think Parnell. Chris Parnell. 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 That's Parnell. it. Yes, Parnell. That's the one. Who poop in your mouth? Uh, yeah, poop. Poop my. Uh, he's notorious on the on the Archer set. He's they call him the first take. Chris, like he goes in and nails. They make him do a few more, I guess, whatever. But in Archer, he's the only one that like goes in and fucking nails it. He's a pro, man. He He is is absolutely a pro. pro. He's also Jerry Smith in Rick and Morty, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, He does a lot of he does a lot of a lot of small little parts in movies like this. You know, he's probably I haven't looked at his IMDb page, but I'm sure he has thirty to forty acting credits, and they're all just itty bitty parts like this. Because it pays the that's, bills. That's, that's his strength. You know, he doesn't want to be a leading man. He just does, like, I'm going to show up and act like a fucking idiot for a couple of days and make my couple grand and go home. And then he does a lot of voice acting. And Chris he was Parnell, also in Walk Hard. He was in Walk Hard. You stole my wife, and then you slept, you slept with my wife, you slept with me, and I've been confused ever since. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it turns out that Veronica does end up reading the news. And she does a great job. Has her own. Uh, thanks for was it? Thanks, thanks for, for stopping by. Thanks for stopping by. Sign off. And uh, so Ron finally comes running back in. Okay, I'm here. We can do the news. She's like, No, I did it, honey, honey. I did the news, and it was really great. And then he's <gasps> no, pissed. You read my news? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it does not go well. And then they end up being co-anchors, and it's definitely not going. Comes well. down from corporate people. Yeah. Or network. So then, like. After they do their sign-offs, which obviously they both tried to get the last word, you stay classy, San Diego. Thanks for stopping by. But no, stay classy. Okay, but thanks for stopping by. No, but stay classy. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> and they have to, like, last word each other. And then, like, obviously the sound cut, and you still see them as the credits are going. Yeah. And so it looks like they're just having fun, playful banter, <laughs> yeah. but it's all, I'm going to punch you in the ovaries. You are a disrespectful bitch. You do look like a blueberry. <laughs> you have entirely too much pubic hair. I'm very proud of my mane. Thank you. It's <laughs> uh, a point of pride, thank you. Yeah, you are a smelly pirate hooker. Going to punch <laughs> yeah. you in the baby maker. Uh, all sorts of stupid. 
All sorts of stupid stuff. Anyway, so he pay at one point he pays the guy that announces everybody at the beginning of the news he pay, <laughs> to call her Tits McGee with Ron Burgundy yeah, and, and Tits, Tits McGee. McGee. She's like, I'm Veronica Corrington. Tits McGee is on vacation. <laughs> yeah, so he plays it off pretty well. That's a good one. Um, they're like, what? We're all in a shitty mood. We got to go buy new suits. <laughs> Yay! And they like do the super jump in the air. And on their way, they end up getting lost. I'm like, Brick, are you sure this is a shortcut? Well, first off, you listen to Brick for your <laughs> shortcut. That's fucked up. And they end up in like the, the warehouse district or That's something. That's right. And there's Vince Vaughn again. And there's no getting out of it this time. We're going to have to fight. It's going to come down to it. Uh, so Channel 2 uh, news come, led by Luke Wilson comes out. <laughs> we get Luke Wilson's news team. And then the public news led by Tim <laughs> Robbins and his pipe. No commercials, no mercy! And then lastly... Yes. Who else comes out? Lastly, we have the Spanish language... There it is. Spanish language news is here. Led by Ben Stiller. And everybody has the most random weapons. Like, there's one guy holding a stick with, like, two pairs of scissors stuck through it. And fucking bedposts. Bedposts and, with a saw blade on yeah, it? Yeah, just all this... <laughs> Just the most random shit ever. So they, let's go over the rules. Rick, where'd you get a hand grenade? <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Yes. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. Of course. Yeah, of we course. know. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. And that's it. <laughs> well, let's do this. And that's so it. Let's they, go. It, it breaks up. And it immediately goes to ten. Like, fucking immediately, uh, a guy's just running around on fire. There's horses out of nowhere. There's, like, two guys on horses with, with a, a net. net. <laughs> that They catch that. A brick throws a trident. Like, it just goes chaos. And Luke well, Wilson, initially, he has the grenade. He does have a grenade. He's so like, where the, and then, he, yeah, he just stands where there. the trident comes from, I don't know. But then, like, Luke Wilson is about to fucking go at someone. He gets his arm chopped off. He's like, oh, oh come seen on. That. I did not um, see that coming. Yeah. I did not see that coming. That's right. So the siren's... Break out and everybody runs up. So now they're back at the at the office drinking Miller High Life, which oh, wait, is our the, other can drink we pull sponsor. One of those? Can you yeah. pull that? Yeah, we need to get some Miller High Life while I play so this we're having, clip we're having, here. Oh yeah, we got the clip. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Yeah, I stabbed a man in the heart. I saw that. I saw that. Brick killed a guy. Brick killed Did a you guy. Did a trident? Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, fire? and I killed a guy with a trident. <laughs> Brick, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You should find yourself a safe house or a relative close by. Lay low for a while because you're probably wanted for murder. I'm proud of you, fellas. You all kept your head on a swivel, and that's what you got to do when you find yourself in a vicious, vicious cockfight. Cock <laughs> you kept your head on a swivel. Yeah, but uh, I'm proud of you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm proud of you, fellas. Very, very. Drinking I, some. I, I do love that scene of high life. The so got, champagne of beers. Life, the champagne of beers, because that's what they're drinking in this scene. So between that and scotchy, scotchy, scotch, that's the sponsors of the episode. Only gets a four. That's right. So four out of five. That's right. Yeah. And they ain't bad. It's better than the scotch, which we didn't even yeah, want to cover. Say 0.5, that's right, for being alcohol. And in Scotch's defense, I did get cheap scotch, so it's in a triangular bottle. It's that's... in a tri. It, it has a glass bottle too. Usually, cheap shit's the plastic bottle. 
But you know, even scotch on its own—I mean, it's just too peaty, man. I, yeah, I don't no. like that. I don't and like that. Like I said, you've got to—you got to spend a lot of money to find good scotch. You can like McAllen. McAllen makes good scotch. Unofficial sponsor, McAllen. Well, yeah, McAllen, if you want to sponsor our podcast, please. They store them in barrels. Reach out for, to us at Rewatch Party at gmail.com. They, they store them in bottles for year, uh, in yeah, barrels like for years. Yeah, McAllen 12 or McAllen 15. To the 15. point where that smokiness it's sort delicious, of goes but away. But then you also have single malt versus blended. Blended is always a lesser alcohol. Johnny you want, Walker. You know, that's supposed to be like the whole... Yeah, but the, blue, uh, not red. Red blue. is the bottom of the barrel. But it's all blended whiskey. Right, so it's like I don't get, think the blue is though, is it? No, they're all blended. They, they, it's not a distillery or anything, so they all blend. Could you imagine starting your own blended whiskey company? You go, okay, we buy the best Glen Levitts, we buy the best fucking and just mix them this, together. And Maker's and Mark, this is mine, and, and then we mix them the three together, and we call it Ryder's fucking uh, blended whiskey. And then you have the top shelf version of it, which is the blue, which is like the Glen Levitt that's higher, you know, or yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Let's do it. The cask strength maker's mark. I it's a great business model. Well, I think it needs to be capitalized for one. Yeah. I'm definitely into it. Most <laughs> is whiskey. See, that's what Johnny Walker does. They don't actually distill anything. Yeah, that's right. I did not know. And if you guys like Pappy Van Winkle, that very expensive whiskey, mm-hmm. um, Weller twelve is the same Weller match. is the same thing, yes. Yeah. It's go. just not aged quite as long, or they use different wood in the barrel, or whatever. It's the, but it's same, the same mash, same mixture, yeah. Yeah, so it's the same gear, uh, but Pappies are, I think it's like ten. I think it at least starts at ten. I can't remember the years that it, that. It, I, it would have to be more. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, but Weller's and Pappy are. I've had old whiskey, and it tastes just like new whiskey. Essentially, I don't. I don't get the whole thing. Like I remember the the bar I worked at back in Kansas. We had like. A lot of different Jamesons. One of them we had their their rarest vintage, which was thirty five dollars for a pour of Jesus. this of this one. Essentially thirty five a shot, and it was good. It was good, but it wasn't like regular Jameson was six. So this rarest vintage wasn't thirty dollars better. Just fucking get Jameson. Like, like the, the it, difference isn't that extreme. What does it cost to store whiskey, anyways? Right. Like it <laughs> it's shouldn't also cost the, that much more. I think it's more about the availability. That's, no, that's exactly it. Scarcity, rarity. Yeah, because the the rarest vintage, like I think the state of Kansas was allowed to get two bottles but, of a year. Or but something, let's say so you do really that with. <laughs> let's say you get a bottle of Maker Mark and you 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 put it back in a barrel. You buy a barrel, like a small barrel, and you chart yourself on the inside and you you store it. It's still Maker's Mark, and then you store it for ten extra years. Then Maker Mark, I think it starts off as six years when you get it. So it's 16, and you keep going. It just gets a little bit... I don't know if it tastes any better. It may be more smooth. A lot of them will like transfer to other types of barrels throughout the stages. So it... Because the longer you store it, that's how much later in the, in the taste profile it'll hit you, right? So like if you... It has to be at least three years. So if you give it the three years in whatever your standard oak barrels, and then you put it in charcoal barrels for another 10 and then you put it in some are starting to use like beer kegs so then you put it in say an ipa barrel for another whatever and then you put it in this and then when you drink the whiskey like as you drink it like the taste profiles will change and you get different flavors in it so i get that but as far as going from like 20 dollars to hundreds or thousand something a bottle that i don't understand yeah and just because it's scarce doesn't mean that it's expensive 
like I was right, mentioning, like, yeah. it's like I can get that thing of Maker Mark and and store it. Like everyone can literally well, but do it's that. Not, but once it's like in a bottle, take... that doesn't count. It's got to be barrel. The the years on it are about how long it was in the barrel. Yeah, but even still, it's not like you're storing. Like I said, you have to get the barrel. So you get yourself a. They make barrels that you can buy, and you right. can. But like you can store if you your if you buy it, it's 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 part of the problem. Once it leaves their distillery, I don't think it changes chemically once it leaves the wood or the charcoal wood into a bottle. It's just put it back into the fucking barrel and then start it from three or whatever. You know, okay, it's been there for three years. We start from three. Once it's in there, three more years, it's six years, you know, and mm-hmm. we keep going and going, and you taste yeah. a little bit at a time, and you guess you can charge a million dollars for it or something one day. I'm sure something has. I don't really know. And again, like, that super expensive Jameson, while being good, I don't think was $30 better per drink than just getting regular fucking Jameson. Like, I don't see the... I think Sex Panther was actually a whiskey at one point. <laughs> I wouldn't musk up. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Uh, anyway, so the point is, whiskey's amazing, and you don't have to go super expensive except scotch. Money, spend spend money on good scotch. Like go up, go up a few shelves at your liquor store. <laughs> you know, don't <laughs> don't go down to the ground. Go up. You got to reach shelves. down. Uh, but it does exist. But you don't need the fucking five hundred dollar bottle for good whiskey. There's there is affordable whiskey that is still just as delicious. And again, rewatch party educational. Yeah, once you sip it, you'll be <gasps> oh, great Odin's Raven. Yes. Tell your friends about the podcast. <laughs> so uh, Veronica gets word that he will read whatever is written on the teleprompter because the the women of the station are now like loving that there's a woman in power, a woman yeah. fighting back against them. Cause they were always just subservient to the men and it was a man's game. And so now there's one like changing that. So they're like, you know, they're, they're walking in and the men are like, Hey ladies. And they go, whatever. And just walk past him. You see that Ron? She's even turning the women against us. There. What is happening? And son of a beasting. She's turning the entire office against there. us. This is grim, real grim. What are we going to do? There's only uh, one thing a man can do when he's suffering from a spiritual and existential funk. Go to the zoo, flip off the monkeys? No. <laughs> Buy new suits. Buy new suits. So, yeah, we're a little late on that one. But, yes. So, they're having, the women are having, like, a brunch or something. And uh, one of them tells Veronica that Ron will read anything on the teleprompters. So next time they're reading the news together and signing off, I'm Ron Burgundy, and go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> and he has no idea what he said, because he's in autopilot anchor mode. So like everybody's shocked, and he's just like, good show, everyone. That was great. Oh, you know, like, talking to the camera guy, whatever. And then it cuts to the office where he's talking to Ed. He's like, I what? I what? I said what? And Chris Parnell's like, you hit your poop mouth. It's poop. Poop. Poop mouth. Poop. Poop. Coming out your mouth. Poop. Coming out your mouth. And so they have to fire him and kick him out. And now she legitimately feels bad. She's like, I, it was supposed to be a prank. I didn't, I didn't mean it to be this. She's like, <laughs> you should know I would never fucking say that word. I would never fucking say fuck. I would never fucking say that fucking word. Oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> He's screaming. She's like, no. There's a mob of people. Like, San Diego, who has loved this yeah. man, 
<laughs> so much for so long. He rules this city and was beloved by San Diegoans for San decades. Di- San Diegans? Immediately turn on him and want to rip him limb from limb <laughs> because I said this. No one's going to talk about even the tough guys at the bar who at the opening. No one's going to talk like, about my city yeah, like that. Oh, at the opening, we're like, shut up, Ron Burgundy's on her now. Like, no one talks about my city like that. And I think they start just fighting in the bar randomly. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Ron Burgundy at all. Uh, so his world is just ruined. And he tries to go to Tino's. Fred Armisen makes him eat a poop salad. You eat that cat poop. I will not eat cat poop. You eat that cat poop. You eat that cat poop. You make a fool of me. And you make a fool of everyone in here. You put that cat poop in your mouth. No! If I eat, if I eat one bite of cat poop, can I have a steak? I, I, I think about it. I think, I think about it. <laughs> so he finally does. He eats a bite of cat poop. And he, the guy even calls. He's like, okay. Okay, give him a steak. Steak, steak for the shipment. No! No! I'll eat the cat poop. I don't care. <laughs> just <laughs> and so he's walking along and he's like just completely disheveled and scuzzy and ruined and he's like it is too hot milk was a bad choice <laughs> I love that line cuts to three months later three months later. three months later we got our third call about Ed's son there we go a little bit of Wayne's World uh, third call about Ed's son and he's talking to his son directly this time. He's like, put down the gun and let the marching band go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. That's it. That's it? I think in the... Don't, what do you mean that's it? Uh, for, for that. Oh, for the calls. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I think, wasn't there like a play to that in that second deleted scenes movie? Oh, Wake Up, Ron Burgundy? Yeah, was that... I saw that only once, and I was going to cover this during the, the you know, our evaluations at the end. Um, okay. Well, not not that, like, secondary movie thing, but just... I only, yeah, I only saw Wake Up, Ron Burgundy once, and I don't remember a whole lot of it. So maybe they did touch on it more. Did, did they have a bit where Ed Harkin's son was holding up the marching band with a gun? Well, I thought... Uh, uh... I mean, I may be mistaken, but he's like one of the main characters, like one of those. He was one of those robbers in that in that storyline where it was the the time clock. Bandits. I just remember one thing about like Ron and Veronica breaking out of a sewer or something. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember it too much myself. Uh, I th- isn't it in the special features of? Uh, I I don't know if I have that version. I don't know where the DVD is right uh, now. I don't know if I have the version that has it on it. But uh, anyway, so. He gets a call that Ling Wong, the panda, is giving birth. So here comes the here yep. comes the climax of our movie. That's right. Uh, so we're at the zoo. Everyone's outside the pen trying to get their shot. You know, well, find their shot. Not like get a get a shot. But yes, get a shot. They're they're uh, setting up and find Ron in this random dive bar, singing "Afternoon Delight" to himself. Danny Trejo, the great. Danny Trejo, he's going to show up quite a bit. Well, of course he's going to show up quite a bit in the rewatch. Dude makes like fucking 20 movies a year. No bullshit. I'm sorry. Let me look this up. He's like the <sighs> Nicolas Cage of the Mexican world. He's <laughs> way more than that. Danny Trejo got into acting super late because the dude was a felon, was in like a, a, a legit penitentiary. Uh, so he got into acting really late. He got into it because he was... He was training someone how to box for a movie. And 
they decided to use him as the the protagonist, the other boxer in the movie, and that got him started in it. And it was all just kind of a fluke. He has three hundred and ninety three acting credits. Oh yeah. Three hundred and ninety-three. That's in. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Just this year alone. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably his first fucking project was in nineteen eighty-three. So that 30, uh, 37, 37 years now. Yeah. Thirty-seven years. Three hundred and ninety-three like fucking acting credits. Shows it, that you can play the same role dudes, for forty years, dude, and, is uh, make money. Insane. I mean, well, was it him that I, I think? Uh, it was him that I've read on that he likes to play the bad guy and likes to kind of be killed off to show that, hey, because he's crime, been there. Crime don't pay. Yeah, crime, essentially. Yeah, I yeah. think it's Danny Trejo that most of the movies Probably. he's in, he plays he like the bad is, guy. But also, he has that look. I mean, he's a very. Well, now you're being racist. He's a giant, <laughs> tough, yeah. grizzled guy covered in prison tattoos. Yeah. He can't help but have that look because <laughs> he lived that actual life. And, uh, but yeah, Danny Trejo, man, Machete. Oh, God, Machete rules so hard. Anyway, so Danny Trejo's the bartender, and this is one of like 17 movies he made this year. Ladies can do stuff now. Ladies can do stuff. And you're going to have to learn how to deal with that. What? Were what? you saying something? Look, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so Ron Burgundy's obviously a fucking asshole. Uh, and he's like, you got to knock this shit off, man. You're... Your pity party here is scaring off customers. You're ruining business. We got you. Got to knock this shit off. Um, and then so, he gets the call. So wait, not oh. yet. Oh. We cut back to Veronica. She finds a good spot, the perfect spot for a shot. And Tim Robbins comes up and pushes her into a Kodiak bear pen and steals her spot to get a shot of Ling Wong. So now she's down in a beer pen. A beer. <laughs> She's in a beer pit. She's in a beer pit. <laughs> that's a. Uh, that's a. Uh, They're playing ACL this year. I don't know if you ever watched Beer Fest, but that's how. Oh yeah, guy, that's how. What's his name dies? Yeah, <laughs> in a beer vat. He tries drinking it a lot. He does. He sure does. He got about half of it before he died. Uh, fuck. What was his name? Landfill. Is it landfill? Well, that's that, what they called him. Because then his twin brother shows up. He's like, just for continuity's sake, if you could just. Call me his same name. <laughs> oh, dude. It's a blatant fucking comedy. So like, just yeah. bring him back. And- it doesn't even matter. It was it was fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> so Ed Ed is getting ready. It's like we got to start the news. Where's Veronica? We can't find our fucking new anchor. It's like, well, I don't want to have to do this, but I have no other choice. And he gets a phone and immediately calls this random dive bar. He knows Ron's going to be at. And uh, what? Ah! Ah! Of course, he has to ham it up. He can't just take a phone call. But it's yeah. like, I need you to come read the news. And so he he hangs up the phone, goes into the bathroom, and immediately walks right back out, completely cleaned up, completely sober. And Danny Trejo's like, damn, that dude cleans up good. <laughs> and he's, so he's like, I need to get my news team, and pulls this giant conch shell out and blows it. <laughs> and you see, like, Birds flying in mountain scenes, and it's like <laughs> ba- and Baxter all of a sudden comes out of a river. It's like, oh, hey, 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 Baxter's back in the movie. <laughs> and then, and the whole team was, hey, Ron, and he turns around there just at the pool table. No, we've we've literally been here since you came in this whole time. Oh, you you have? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I love it. 
I love it. So, yeah, they get back to the zoo, and they see Veronica down in this bear pen. And he's like, his his idea to save her is just to jump down. He's going to jump down and save her. And it's like, I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> and they wake up, and, and everybody sees that there are people down in the bear pit. So the whole crowd gathers around them. And uh, the news team decides, bear fight! Like it's a thing they do regularly or yeah. something and fucking leap down and you get a legitimate fucking bear fight where they all get their asses absolute whooped by, and thrown around by bears. Luke Wilson is reporting, holding a microphone and a bear jumps up out of nowhere, rips his other <laughs> arm off. Oh, come on. Um, so the big mama bear's coming out and Baxter comes out of nowhere and starts barking and we get subtitles because he's talking to the bear and he's like, in my travels, I met, I met your cousin. Or I met one of you. Uh, I can't remember the name, but I met one of you, and we became good friends, and, and these people are friends to me, so you need to let them go. And the mama bear's like, sacred claw or whatever is my cousin, so you are now part of the bear family. You're free to go in peace. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this whole fucking absurd, <laughs> stupid thing between a dog and a bear, and you're all part of the bear family now. Well, so Ron did say that he's like a tiny Buddha. He is a tiny so, Buddha. Yeah. Uh, so, so wise. <laughs> so they're climbing out. Uh, everybody gets out, and Ron's the last one out. And Wes, Wes Mantooth grabs the ladder and likes pushing it back. It's like, I hate you, Ron Burgundy. I hate you with every fiber of my being. But God damn it, do I respect you. And puts a hand out and helps Ron back up. Uh, and so and he calls him brother. He does call him brother. It's a big it's a big bonding moment between number one and number Thank two. Thank you, brother. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so he's going to do the news finally, but he can't do it without... I need some help, and Brick comes up. No, no, Brick, no. Brick, Brick, just go, go stand over there. I need Veronica's help. So it's a super great happy ending. Uh, all warm and fuzzies, and they, we do the Animal House thing where you get uh, right as the credits start, you get like find the, out what happens to them. The, the the future of each character. So Champ Champ went on to become a commentator for the NFL. He was later fired fired on charges of sexual harassment of Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss uh, your set. I miss your Musk, Terry. <laughs> Brian. Brian Fontana, Brian Fontana? Fantana. Fantana. He goes on to host a show called Intercourse Island on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> on Fox would have that. Of course sure. Fox would have that. Um, Brick is back in the bear pit when we see him. Anyway, he's laying there like spooning a bear. Being Little Spoon, I guess. He is Little Spoon to a bear. And it says he is married with 11 children and is one of the top political advisors to the Bush White House. That's <laughs> 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 fucking great. Uh, Ron and Veronica become the first mixed-gender news team anchor for World News Center. So we get them signing off in the future for... Thanks for tuning in, Planet Earth. stay classy, Planet Earth. Planet Earth. And it cuts immediately to Carry On My Wayward Son by who? Who? Kansas. Kansas. That's right, motherfuckers. Kansas. Were they actually from Kansas? They are. They're from Topeka. I did not know that. Uh, surviving members have, have continued on. They're all called Flint Hills because that's the area uh, Kansas has the Flint Hills. It's a lot less exciting name, but okay. Flint Hills. It's the best Christian rock you can find. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, we got some Kansas, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, that does right. it. That's Anchorman. 
the Wonderful. legend of Ron Burgundy. That's right. All right, thoughts? Thoughts? Let's recap. Well, I've probably watched this movie under a hundred times and since it's been out. I've watched this <laughs> under a hundred times. I'm like, that's pretty some, vague. Some people would say, oh, I've watched this hundreds of times. Like, oh. yeah, really? Really? Okay, I've watched it under a hundred times. More than 50, probably. Okay, there you go. There you go. At least there's a... 50 to 100. It's close scale, yeah. range. Of, when, you say it's, when you say under 100, you're closer to 100. Sure, sure. But not over. I mean, one technically is under 100. When I had an original flip phone, I would... I would, you know, play certain scenes, and that would be my, you know, you're he, she's a you real ice it. queen. Yeah, you record <laughs> it on your phone, and it would be your your thing. Or one of them was like make like a ringtone or a notification, delight, you know, something yeah. like that. So I would rewatch this over and over again to this day. Uh, Anchorman two, I'd rewatch it, but uh, not so good either. All right, all right. I, uh, Trying all right. to bring back the glory of the old movie didn't work. No, especially not. when it happens like ten years after the movie comes yeah, out. Yeah, at that, that's the problem. Like a lot of these comedies tried to come out late, you know, or they wanted to do a sequel a lot later, like Dumb and Dumber Two and Anchorman Two and Super Troopers Two, and it's like, well, you had you just had the right absurd, stupid, crazy fucking idea for the right time, and so now we all want that again. But we can't. It, I mean, it's a decade later. We're not. It. It's shit's not the same. You can't try yeah. to do the same. One, you try to do the same thing. We've already seen it, and we've fallen in love with it for a decade now. So, Star Wars. I mean, that's why they came out every two years. It was like it keeps it sort of relevant, even though it's it's a different style of story. But that's how you should yeah. do it. I mean, Rocky was every single three. Oh yeah. Well, up until that five, and then was in nineteen ninety, and then obviously Rocky Balboa or six was. Way, 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 way later. But, yeah, every fucking three years, boom, like clockwork. You know, he had his alarms like, I'm doing another Rocky movie. <laughs> he just had his... If you guys want to get your flip phone and record ge- that. <laughs> <laughs> he had his plot generators like, well, I'm doing a Rocky movie and clicked a button and it was... Lo- uh, we got trading montage, current hit song, and... Shitty name for protagonist boxer. All right, let's work with that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's every Rocky movie. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, all right, Los would rewatch. Brandon. <laughs> um, I also have seen this movie less than 100 times. Cool. Uh, probably really, this may have been my probably fifth time fifth? Okay. seeing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely rewatch it. It's it's kind of a classic. I, However, yeah. it doesn't have that same just hit you in your face comedy as the first time, right? Right. Like so, it, it's less you know you know what to expect, but it's still good. Yeah. You know. So yeah, absolutely rewatch. Rewatch. It. Yeah. Uh, for me, like this one, I remember when it when it came out, like I didn't even hear about it. It wasn't until it was out on DVD, and like all of my friends had a copy of it. And I'd go like I go to where we had this like one house that we always partied at in Manhattan. Just any random night of the week, definitely on weekends, whatever. You're always partying there, and every fucking person that lived there had a copy of this movie. It was on in the main room. If you went into somebody's room, it was on the basement, like fucking drug room. It was on. It was just everywhere you fucking went all the time. Anchorman or that Wake Up Ron Burgundy kind of secondary movie was on, and I was like, I don't get it. 
Like it's just so left field. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's stupid, and there's no. It's not grounded in anything. Like what the fuck does any of this mean? And I think it's a little bit of fucking Stockholm syndrome or something. Like it wore me down. It finally got to the point where I was sitting there once, and I remember like kind of chuckling, and it was like a it was like a switch or something. And I just like I finally I got it. Like I understood what the fucking type of humor or what the movie was going for. I kind of feel the same way about Napoleon Dynamite. Like, I, never, I was just I, against it. I never got it, never got it. And then finally, like, I just kind of sat down and watched it. I was like, eh, I never, okay. I see the switch never flipped. I've tried okay. a few times and it just, I still don't Gosh. get Napoleon Dynamite at all. But so I probably rewatched this at least 10 times before I even enjoyed it, which I know sounds really lame. But when you want to sit, when you want to drink with people and this, I mean, Fine, Anchorman again, whatever, as long as we're drinking, you know, like that was a priority. But then, like, I don't know, once it clicked, I was like, oh my God, this movie is fucking hilarious. And like, rewatching it for this show, even probably the at least 30th time. I don't know how, I don't know, but many, many times. Less than 100, though. Definitely less than 100. Good, good. good. Uh, still fucking cracking up. Like, it, it still hits just as hard. It's fucking funny to me. The second one, like I was saying, it, it tries too hard to recapture the lightning in the bottle, and you just can't. But I, I did read that that was thrown together hastily because Adam McKay, it was like the only way he could get to make, maybe it was the big short. It was one, like, because he stopped doing absurd comedies, and he's doing, like, more reality-based uh, political commentary type movies now. But to get to that, they were like, uh, okay, but you got to give us what we want. So right. Anchorman 2 was uh, a tit for tat. And that's the only reason it even exists. So that kind of explains why I fell flat, because it was like rushed together. Just fucking, I don't care, throw it out so I can do what I want to yeah, do. Yeah, and they know throwing it out, it's, go- it's not going to make a lot of money, but it'll make its money back. It definitely made its money back. And like, I'm sure bit. it would ended up profitable. And they them. get to put another movie out and, you know, yeah. doff their cap at something so what it took for him to convince everybody to come back, because that's his deal. That was his contract with the, with the company. He had to convince Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd and everybody And they're happy to, to do, do it. it, I'm sure. Yeah. It's money. They're actors. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, did you say I get to act and not have to I, go to an office to, every day? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to show up. Wait, are we going to do it the same way we did the first one and we just do the same scene 30 times and I just make shit up all day? Okay. okay. Sounds good. Uh, last time you paid me $20,000, this time you will pay me $20 million and I'll be there. Okay, you was, got it. Okay, probably went exactly like that. So, yes, absolutely rewatchable. So, this gets a perfect score. Perfect score. Third time on the show. For Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. That's right. All well, right. Cool, uh, man. So that does it for us today. If you like what you heard, tell us, tell other people, tell anyone, everyone, stop people on the street. Say, tell hey, them about the show. Have you heard about this podcast? Have you heard about the rewatch party? You should. Yeah. Oh, what's that? You don't even watch movies? Well, still. What's that? Listen to a podcast about you movies. You don't speak Spanish? What's that? You don't speak Spanish? <laughs> uh, well, well arf, arf, arf. What? You really cut to me to the corner. <laughs> All right, anyway, reach out to us at rewatch underscore the on Twitter or email us at therewatchparty at gmail.com. Join us next week when we travel back in time with Bruce Campbell in the Army of Darkness. Until then, I'm Nick with Los and Brandon. 
and thanks for rewatching. For all of us here at News Center 4, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. In an age of darkness. May God have mercy upon your souls. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. At a time of evil. You shall die! When the world needed a hero. The swallow us all. What it got was him. Groovy. Put all your shoelaces untied. He's a 20th century guy. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Trapped in the Middle Ages. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my boomstick. Now, let's talk about how I get back home. Foretold by a mystical book. Within its pages are passages that can send you back to your time. Forewarned by a wise man. You must recite the words, Klaatu, Berata, Nictu. I got it, I got it. Fulfilled by a wise guy. Klaatu, Berata, when thou misspoke the words, the army of the dead awoke. <laughs> now, he's got a date. Give me some sugar, baby. With the army of darkness. You found me beautiful once. Honey, you got real ugly. Sound the trumpets. Raise the drawbridge. Drop the Oldsmobile. From Sam Raimi. Director of Darkman comes Army of Darkness. They live.